0: This evening, we're beginning together a weekend retreat, beginning right at this time and running through until Sunday afternoon. And in this introductory talk with you this evening, I would like to speak about meditation, practice and application of meditation. And also a little bit about the background to meditation, in order to give you some uh, outline of the practice and the application of what we'll be doing here, and hopefully what might be of some use to you in your daily life situation. In recent years, we probably all of us here at least, have become aware, and perhaps increasingly aware, of some of the limitations on our views and perceptions of life. And though we recognize that we have a certain degree, a certain amount of expertise in particular area, areas, there is certainly a finiteness to what we know, to what we know about life, to what we know about each other, and particularly to what we know about ourselves. And this limitation of knowledge and its application has been having some effect in our society. And one of the expressions of the effect is, that people have felt, a a small but growing number of people have felt and are feeling a certain dissatisfaction with the forms of knowledge and expression. And people are asking and wondering and inquiring, are there alternatives to this? Are there alternatives to our way of looking at ourselves, at treating ourselves, at our Whole perception of ourselves and who we are as men and women in this world, and once a person begins to sense and feel, it may be just be an come as a thought or as a direct intuition that perhaps we don't know everything, that there are things that we have to learn and find out and discover. There can come about an interest in looking for something alternative, an alternative way of looking and so some people have felt that limitation in our Western world via the educational process and its strong cerebral emphasis others may have felt that limitation through the particular work and, and career and, or in the forms of relationship to others or to oneself and out of that has come some inquiry and to some extent or other, possibly, many of you may be here to look, to see in, a different, in different ways, shall we say. And we, we notice in this uh, interest in the alternative that there has been some interest in what some of these ancient traditions of the East have to offer and of course, some people, and particularly uh, um, where I come from, the uh, English, um, spent a considerable amount of time in the East, um, 150, 200 years, colonizing much of that uh, part of the, of the world. And rather, rather unfortunately, for, for pretty well all those that went, it was a complete and utter waste of time because they were so blinded by their own knowledge, the English, and it's still a character trait, I notice, Um, they were so blinded by their knowledge that they didn't permit them in 150 or 200 years of being in the East, it didn't permit them the opportunity to look with a little bit more care and say, perhaps within these cultures, perhaps within these religious philosophies, perhaps within these healing methods, etc., etc., there may be something that we have to learn. But the English, of course, being who they are, um, couldn't possibly permit themselves to consider that these so-called fakirs running around um, could know anything more than the English. So, as a result, when the situation um, changed, um, thanks to the... um, Tremendous uh, revolution of Gandhi and and others. The um, English uh, um, finally uh, left, and then a generation later, Westerners, and that includes Rodney and John and myself and Joseph and Jack and and Sharon and Christina and a number of other teachers, as a number of you as well, um, went to the East to engage in some kind of exploration and it put us in touch with different things, one of them being meditation. And it had some um, um, impact uh, on, our, on our lives, and as a result of that I- impact, we find ourselves now back in the so-called uh, Western Paradise and finding ways and means to uh, encourage others to... Uh, develop and practice and ex- explore what meditation is. And in, in that, there's a, a process taking place over the last years, and I think it's some ten years uh, now, that the, or nearly ten years that the center has been functioning, and other such facilities in various traditions and out of them, That there's a process taking place of trying to find ways and means of taking what was traditionally rather confined to the monastic system in the East, and taking it out of that, and as it were, transplanting it into our Western setting, our Western uh, culture. And this, what is taking place, is one of those forms of expression of that. Now, in, in, in that, the primary, if not the sole emphasis, I think it's always very important to understand, that the sole emphasis is really towards our mutual development and understanding. That, that, that is the primary focus. And that is something somewhat distinct from trying... Of being interested in any way to convert anybody to anything, I feel that that 's rather a waste of time, and far far more important in our respective lives to to give ourselves in a way the permission and the capacity to explore to look to inquire, and that therefore, for you and I to see what 's useful what 's valid what 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 encourages us to live with some degree of wisdom and love. Now the meditation, the meditation, um, rather important to understand this particular concept, and sometimes, um, between you and me, I find that this word meditation becomes a bit of a burden in itself. You know, it's 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 like with so many things. Um, one uses a, a particular word and one uses it again and again and it starts to get a bit of a charge to it. And then a person hears about medita- meditation and perhaps the interest expresses itself as reading a few books and so forth. And then one gets the idea that you do this and that and then after a period of time you get into a meditation state. And a meditation state is um, looking like a frozen fish and completely oblivious to the, to, the, to the world. And one can get that kind of image of this is meditation. Well, it might be, but not here. And... <laughs> And um, if um, you do end up as a frozen fish, we'll turn the heating up. Um, <laughs> and, or we might see that somehow or other
1: meditation is moving away from the immediacy of the present and one's experience of the present into some dramatically altered state of,
0: of, of consciousness. And, and again, that's also not what we mean or refer to by meditation here. And so the concept meditation here for us can be very easily and interchangeably used with a whole variety of other concepts which are perhaps more familiar uh, to us, like observation, like mindfulness, like giving care and attention to the present moment, like being a conscious human being. And so when we're speaking of meditation, it's, it's the process and the development of our mind in order that you and I may find ways and means to live in a
1: caring and conscious way. And we might call that a meditative way of life, a contemplative way of life. And so our practice and our meditations here, which we're engaged in, Emphasize that, re-emphasize that. Being very much in the here now, emphasizing that again, in in such a way that we give it a priority. And that isn't easy. It isn't easy because...
0: All too often in our life, especially if we experience unsettledness in in life, the present isn't a priority to us. The fact that life is here now, and life is expressing itself here now, that you and I are feeling it, and seeing it, and hearing it, and touching it, often doesn't mean much to us. It just doesn't mean enough to us.
1: And as a result, because often it doesn't mean enough to us, we enter into some degree of alienation with life. And And we live in a kind of abstraction from it. And one of the noticeable characteristics of this abstraction is we spend far too much living in the world of thought, far too much time, far too much time preoccupied with yesterday and yesteryear, and other abstractions of there, and there, and there, and of course, the future. The endless future, except for that monstrous thing called death, which is going to cut me off from doing everything I want to do. And meditation practice is not in any way to work to deny yesterday, or to deny tomorrow, but to get our priorities. Straight and the priority meaning that life is expressing itself
0: right here, right now, for you and for me that
1: giving um emphasis to that, as I mentioned, isn't easy, and because it isn't easy, then there comes in, as a kind of bridging factor really, certain methods and techniques in meditation which help to facilitate that connection with the present. To make, to make the present something more substantial to, our, to ourselves. And the thing with making the present more substantial is we can get a better perspective on the past and future. Because there's a danger, and I think this is partly because of some of the emphases that you and I uh, experience, that there's an emphasis from the world, I mean the social norms and the so- social pressures towards success and the success syndrome and ambition. And I would, if you don't mind me saying, you don't mind a bit of feedback, you know, coming across the Atlantic, they still let me in, so it can't be too bad. Um, that there's a stronger tendency, I would say, in the states as a kind of social characteristic towards striving and pushing hard and ambition and getting somewhere. This is a, this is a more noticeably strong cultural characteristic. And what I find, i give you a little bit more feedback nice sitting up here you can say what you like really <laughs> you know if you get bored however you go for a walk um and as i may say i thought this is a phenomenon in the states you know I, my, my um america for me is ims because <laughs> so and and i thought it more, perhaps it's just a a general phenomena But I notice, if I may say, that going on the retreats in California and working with Jamie on on the West Coast there, um, in that respect, it's more relaxed. I mean, they have their own trips to work out over the other side. But as far as the intensity and striving and the use of willpower and ambition, it seems to be, I mean, I'm making tremendous generalizations, but anyway, it seems to be more in this kind of situation here. I don't know to what degree that is related to the East Coast or or, or whatever, but I feel it is something t- to watch and to see what the consequences of that and to see how sometimes the way that that occurs is that one sets oneself up some kind of goal, some place that one wants to get to, as an ideal. And that ideal may be too far beyond one's present capabilities. One may be overreaching oneself in one's desire to achieve. That expresses being out of touch with oneself. It expresses a certain lack of self-knowledge and it creates tension. And it seems to me that somehow or other there needs to be more care and attention given to finding a bit more balance between oneself and the present and one's future. And so... With the emphasis in, in here in, in meditation, it's certainly not any denial of the future that is a s- extremely a restrictive and a narrow-minded life philosophy, but, but rather giving more care and attention, coming to know ourselves better, see more clearly ourselves and understand ourselves, helps to give us a bit more balance between our relationship today and our and our relationship to tomorrow, because what can easily happen is one is striving and creating tension and difficulty in one's personal life, and then you think, "God, I need a break from that." I'm just I'm I'm under stress, I'm under pressure, I'm under tension, or whatever. Or maybe nobody has this. Maybe it's all all of the past here. Nobody has any pressure in life. I don't know. And so one thinks, well, I'll come on a meditation retreat. I'll have a weekend, which it is, which it is intended to be a quiet re- weekend, silent, away from this, that and the other, relaxed, get a little bit more in touch with myself. Applying generally to those of you who are here for the first time and those of you here who know the colour of every carpet in this building. And one comes, and in coming, the very same mind can come, like one had at work. I've got to get somewhere by Sunday afternoon. I must be relaxed by Sunday. (laughs) And one actually takes the same mind that one has in Boston, in New York, in Worcester, or out in the sticks, or wherever, and brings it here and produce and enters into the same competitiveness with oneself, and so one comes here, and one might as well have spent the weekend at the railway station <laughs> and go because and, one would come in with that mind and go home with it, so again, in our working and and practice and in the application of meditation it is finding more relaxation it's not an exercise being here for you to prove your, to prove to yourself how good you are how you can do anything how you can be anything you want to be practice is just being with oneself being mindful being, being aware giving more care and sensitivity to the present. That's the practice. Now in that, as I, as I mentioned, with regard to the, uh, the practice and the application of the, of the practice, we employ some methods and techniques to help, de- help develop that. There's nothing particularly magical or mystical about the methods or techniques. They're just simple tools and devices. Just as you might use other different tools in other things, here we use different tools. And one of the tools which we use in the sitting practice is giving attention to the breathing. Now this can seem a very peculiar thing to do, you know, to sit down cross-legged or to use one of these stools or to sit in a chair and whatever posture you choose, it doesn't really matter, but to sit down and give attention to one's breathing, it seems very strange. But my feeling is, well, since we do so many other strange things every day, <laughs> why not add one more to it? And see what this one does. Well, maybe I should look at it another way. not me. Um, (laughs) And in this giving care and attention to the breathing, it is obviously a a process, a a field of activity, this air element which you and I experience self-evidently throughout the whole course of our life. It's a fundamental element which sustains our existence. And part of the meditation practice, among the many aspects of it, is keeping a little bit more closer in touch with the fundamentals of life. Being, as we would say, a little bit more grounded in life and its actuality. Not getting separated from it, not getting... Um, uh, alienated from it, not getting caught up in abstractions, and so we, the breath itself, simple, reasonably obvious way of getting in touch with, with one element of life, air element, and in that we come, we to, to sit down, as mentioned, cross-legged or stool or. A chair, checking it's, that the back is reasonably straight and upright, and that gives that little bit more feeling you know, of expansion in this chest area, and the stomach, and the diaphragm area. Just having a feeling a bit more open and expanded, rather than closed down, and quietly giving attention to one's in-breath and one's out-breath, and making that the primary object, now the mind will, will wander, it will absolutely, for sure, it will, will, will wander. And it will go hither and thither and backwards and forwards. And one's, one approaches one's mind by just by, basically by just bringing the attention back to the breathing. Not trying to use some kind of psychological, sledgehammer to smash one's mind in sub, into submission, but much, much more. When the mind wanders past, future, other people, places, all the things that it gets into, just bringing the attention back, reconnecting ourselves with the living present via the breathing. That's our practice. And. When you are sitting and using the breathing, making the breath reasonably full, in other words, you experience the air entering the nose, going into the lungs, the lungs, the chest expanding, just feeling the impact of that and renewing that connection. And that helps to harmonize, to integrate a little bit more our mind with our body. This feeling of harmony and integration It's such a valuable human experience. And the breathing can act very usefully in that regard towards bridging, as a bridging factor, to connect the mind with the body, to feel the two together that little bit more. And so we just use the breathing, and if necessary, making the breath longer and deeper. And tomorrow morning there'll be a, short talk tomorrow morning, dealing in more detail with regard to the breath as a meditation practice. We're going to do a little bit more with you. So that's in the the sitting sitting practice and checking them as I mentioned, reasonably straight posture, eyes closed, full attention to the breathing, renewing the relationship with the air element, with the breath. There is also walking meditation. This um, walking meditation is one of very, very, very simple, just slow, mindful walking. And there's the walking uh, hall, meditation hall, or one can uh, walk outside or in the corridors or in one's room. One doesn't need a large area and just very slow, mindful walking, which is done on an individual basis, and just giving primary attention to the contact of the feet touching the ground, renewing once again the relationship with life, in this case, with the ground, with the earth. And our practice, our day, pretty well alternates between sitting and walking periods. All of that is conducted in silence. Silence helps and contributes enormously to the development of that quietness and calmness and the inner receptivity and the, the whole day sitting, walking, sitting, walking. Then there are, there are two other um, aspects of the day um, from the t- tomorrow morning, Uh, uh, John, uh, Rodney and uh, um, myself will meet with uh, small groups of uh, people, of about uh, a dozen in each group. You'll you'll see your names either Saturday or Sunday on the uh, notice notice board there. And at that time we just have an opportunity, of course, to meet with you. To check a little bit how the practices uh, is going for you, to answer, clarify if we can any questions that you may ask. No- normally um, in the springtime, um, Christina would be, Christina Feldman, would be uh, here with uh, John and I, giving, uh, conducting the retreat. But uh, she just had um, her second child a couple of uh, weeks ago and her um, whatever communication is primarily with uh, her new son so hence three men rather than Mm. anyway (laughs) needs to be more women teachers I'll speak about that in a few days time um, and so we'll be meeting with, with you, and as I say, answering any questions, um, talking a uh, little bit about more about practice, and just see, seeing how things are developing. And we're we'll So that's the second area of the retreat. And third area of the retreat are the talks, including uh, this talk and. Um, other talks over the weekend and the talks themselves are uh, hopefully will be uh, useful and constructive and deal primarily with meditation and uh, with life issues. and rather important to understand with with regard to the talks that the talks the motivation behind the talks, is by myself one towards um endeavoring to shed light on something and if something within what is said by any one of us uh, here you find u- useful beneficial it, it rings it strikes a chord it brings home for you then we're very pleased and happy and if it such that it not not useful not uh, Uh, appropriate, and it's recognized to be one person's view and opinion on something, then please, by all means, see it as that. So in other words, one is not asking people to take the package in any way that one must be in life, I feel, um, discerning and discriminating in that area of what we hear and see and listen to in life and see what's useful, what resonates with our own intelligence rather than blindly adopting somebody else's uh, observations. And, and, and we work on that principle, on that understanding. If it's useful, all well and good. And if it isn't um, useful, let it go out the window. Don't bother with it. It's not worth it. And thus the, th- the weekend is in these areas. Of meditation, of course, is a primary Emphasis of being in touch with oneself, developing observation and mindfulness. The meeting, the small group of meet meetings to check the practice and the talk. And in the time of a, of a weekend, um, it can be such that it can be for those of you who have been here before, or have been in this kind of uh, situation before, an opportunity for um some renewal meditatively spiritually speaking and for those of you who are here for the for the first time in completely new to this um kind of situation hopefully it will be a, a useful and beneficial week weekend and these practices have a long standing tradition to them you know going back thousands of years i mean in very literal terms and finding different expressions according to the culture of the time and at the present time we're just learning and exploring ways and means of finding it finding that expression in our own culture this is our that in this present generation so please over the week over the weekend please give full time full care full attention to the practice, to the meditation, to being inwardly aware and being conscious. Because obviously, obviously, your practice and my practice is not just for you. I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't even bother to to do retreats if I thought what I do in terms of working on myself and what those that I speak to in terms of women and men working on themselves was just that alone. In other words, the way that you and I are in this life influences and affects the world we live in and and in a very noticeable way influences and affects those who we live with, those who are close to us. And so in, in other words The spiritual life is not a narcissistic activity. It's not an activity of withdrawal, but it's an activity born out of an awareness that as you are as a human being, as I am as a human being, registers in this world. Registers all around us. And sometimes when we see and recognize that we can discover a little bit more energy in ourselves to work carefully and totally on ourselves because it reaches further than just you, just me. May all beings... Live in peace. May all beings live in harmony. May all beings live in peace and harmony. Just a couple of small things while here. Um Please, um, please leave the books in the bookcases. There are lots of very interesting books uh, um, there, and some of those books have been very helpful and useful to people, have been encouraging and inspiring them to practice. And those of you who have read anything, the validity of the book is already expressed. The book has done its job. The book has brought you that has brought me to giving and creating time in our life for awareness, for inner awareness and meditation. The book served its purpose at the present time. And so while we are here, please don't engage in any uh, (laughs) reading. And similarly with with writing, both of course have their real place and usefulness, but while here, if one can just let go of that over the weekend, and if one needs to write something, sometimes people like to keep a, a brief record of for themselves and a personal diary or so forth. That's okay, but keep keep it keep it short, so that we give the maximum time, care, and attention to the inner work, and to to the practice over the weekend. And from um, tomorrow morning, when the day begins at uh, 6 o'clock, the the silence begins then, and certainly in in this meditation hall here, and in the hall immediately behind, and this uh, silence um, begins from this evening. And at six o'clock, the first period of the day, is an exercise period. And when I say exercise, that means the whole uh, spectrum of exercises, whatever you uh, find useful and beneficial. That may mean uh, jogging, or tai chi, or yoga, or the dance, or dynamic meditation. Something to help get the energy flowing at the, at the beginning of the day. Something more, please, than just um, hearing the bell at six o'clock and saying, "Oh, it's six o'clock," and turning over in one's bed. A little bit more exercise than that, so. <laughs> uh, um, And then at six forty-five, um, there's the first group sitting of the of the day together. And at the beginning of the day, we play a piece of um, music and for 15 or 20 minutes or so, and music from many different parts of the world, and both contemporary and, and traditional, and that music is one for just total listening. No doubt we all um, say we like and appreciate music, but perhaps it's insufficient in our life that one listens totally to to music, really every note, every sound, totally in making the music a real meditation um, in itself. That, so we play a piece for about 15 minutes, and then after that we return to the breathing, and there's, so there is a sitting from 6.45 until 7.30. Then at 7.30 is the breakfast time. So that covers the uh, points which I have in this introductory talk which I wanted to uh, bring up with you this evening. And as I mentioned, tomorrow morning there will be a short talk in the middle of the morning which will go into more detail with regard to the, the practice, the breath meditation and the walking meditation. So let's, um, it's just just coming up to nine o'clock, so let's have uh, Let's have five minutes to uh, um, stretch the legs and then let's have a a short sitting for about 20 minutes.